0: In the 1840s, Cincinnati was in the midst of a pandemic. A cholera outbreak killed off 4% of the city population. Family plots and church graveyards were overwhelmed. The solution? Make a giant graveyard that would also be a public park. Tonight, the fascinating story of Spring Grove Cemetery.
1: Everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Presents, the Hometown Haunts Podcast. I am your host, Kat Cloco, and with me every week in the shadows are Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And of course, like every week, I remind you that you can find us on social media. Yes, we are not ghosts in the closet. We actually have social media accounts, and you can follow us at SinCabinetCurio on Twitter, at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram, and you can always send us your hometown haunts, creepy cryptids, or interesting urban legends, or interesting history at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com, and we'll read that on the show. And thanks to Jen, we're an official podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities, and please remember to rate and review us there, so other, and also on YouTube, so other spooky lovers just like you can find us. Links also for all of our sources are in the show notes. So we have a very small corrections corner. (laughs) This is our 40th episode and our first corrections corner. So I think our odds are pretty good so far. Um, Or no one has spoken up, one or the other. And uh, yeah, this is from the uh, Oxford Museum Association in regards to last week's episode about the Doty family homestead episode we did. And I majorly messed up somebody's name over and over and over again. So I'm sorry, um, all of you historians, that uh, you were just cringing and going, just like ghosts talking to the living, like screaming at whatever device you're listening to, going, no, it's pronounced this way. And I'm going to listen one last time to make sure I get this right. So her name was Kaziah Doty, not Kaziza, not Gazuntite, not whatever I said. It it was Kaziah Doty. So yeah, I messed that one up pretty pretty royally. I'm sorry about that, but thank you. Thank you. It was Michael Case from the Oxford Museum Association that uh, just poked his head in on our YouTube and went, hey, by the way, you mispronounced it. And I'm happy to say, oops, I'm sorry. But thank you for letting us know. So moving on to the Dodie Homestead and people that have experienced the wonders of that place. We welcome back a friend to the show, Amanda. Hey, welcome back. And hi, (laughs) Uh, just a little short info for people who are new to you and to us. Um, You're not only a paranormal investigator with spiritual paranormal, spiritual realm paranormal who we investigated the homestead with last weekend but also yep. a docent at spring grove cemetery and you're here tonight to talk all about that wonderful place
2: we'll yes, all I call can. home someday <laughs> i i will and i have plans around that but it does not involve my uh my docent discount on a plot i have plans anyhow don't tell spring grove right. <laughs> And but then yeah.
1: also, you're fresh off an investigation, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were invited to, uh, and it's on our uh, on our site, and we have a ton of, uh, of footage and recordings to go over. But we were invited up to what is going to be the uh, hub in Hamilton. It's at the corner of F and Main, um, and it is the Hamilton Urban Backyard so
3: okay.
2: awesome spot the the house is from around 1855 um really really cool place it's been built onto about a million times it's been a saloon and a store and there's an apartment um, so really cool old building uh and super cool things you know especially for the community they're doing because there's going to be you know food trucks and you know, all of the craft beers you could ever want. And it's, uh it, it was, it was pretty cool. Still trying to uh, process a lot from it. So.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm looking there. at a photo of it right now, thanks to Google Maps. So that does yeah. look like an excellent old building that I know there's one or two people lurking around in there.
2: There is, there is more than that. They are very, very active. Um, they especially, I, probably the most that I've ever experienced with being able to communicate through equipment, through using oh, wow. flashlights and REM pods. And it was insanely active. And for any sensitives out there, you would understand that places that have been built onto and changed around a million times, it just, it takes so long to not feel like you're in a labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make sense for, for quite a while, but overall very, very good investigation and, and a lot, uh, our, our team's room is going nuts with. Did, did you hear that but listen again but did you hear that <laughs> so, yeah 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 um does is this place
1: sitting on top of the old um bootlegging tunnels
2: not that we know of um there was there was a couple of bits of confirmation i mean it was you know besides just the history of it where it was a saloon prohibition happened they became a soda shop of you know, course mm-hmm. we all know how that goes Um, And there's some really interesting architecture in the basement that would definitely make me think that it was part of that at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just confirmation with the talking to the folks who were there. (laughs) Yeah. Did you
1: ever do Ryan's Tavern? That's in Hamilton. They're on down. They have since closed and they're a different restaurant and bar now, but they used to be an Irish bar that was right on that old bootlegging line and we Mm. actually when i was there i can't remember which paranormal team i was uh working with because i wrote about them in a in a book um Mm. about the location but we actually witnessed an apparition of a man go right into the blocked off tunnel like we could see him wearing the like beat up denim overalls and the gray shirt and the little cap and everything go right right into a clearly walled off what was a tunnel
2: okay so So that and we're going to completely derail the entire podcast but yeah like we'll need to talk about the cap because i saw some are you talking like kind of the page boy yeah i
3: always
1: call it a page boy cap and you'd see it so it's and Oh man, I should probably look it up to make sure I got it right. But yeah, it's the one where basically the front laps on top yeah. of the little brim. And it's like that really indicative of the nineteen thirties, late nineteen twenties.
2: Right, right. And wearing it
1: all over Downton Abbey if you watch that show. <laughs> um yeah, it it's yeah, that, that outfit. And then of course the really beat up overalls and then boots. And he was wearing dark colored, I presume black boots that had mud on them like the entire outfit was this guy had been just going through tunnels for the entire day right and right hamilton was a huge prohibition town prohibition in yeah. quotes here because they had right. like john dillinger stayed in a brothel not too far away from downtown and they had entire streets dedicated to saloons and houses yeah. of ill repute and <laughs> It was a cool down spot for a lot of the larger gangs from Cleveland and Detroit and Chicago. And uh, like I said, Dillinger's last hurrah was I think in Hamilton before he was killed in Indiana. It was it, Indiana I didn't know or was it that. Chicago. Like, yeah, it was one of his last cool down spots. And huh. um, yeah. So interesting That's- little town. It has a lot of history and it's only been recently that people have been talking about it.
2: Huh. I will have to definitely dig into that more because we obviously just as a group we have a lot of connections in Hamilton and and spend a lot of time up there so yeah I will uh, yeah. definitely dig into that a little bit more.
1: Oh yeah like <laughs> I think the place that Dillinger stayed at still is standing. It's just a huh. private residence now.
2: Right, right. I'll have to dig into that kind of see where the building that we were in is in conjunction to that. Yeah, all right. There's there's a rabbit hole. Yeah, (laughs) I'll be going down that one. But like
1: going through the newspaper archives, there were shootouts there almost like weekly, which was quite frequent for the nineteen late twenties, early in the thirties so uh yeah they would have shootouts there'd be people police officers killed people randomly deputized to become sheriffs to take care of all this stuff so yeah it was an interesting time and i think hamilton saw more of the gangster action at that time um than cincinnati did definitely hamilton and newport were the hot spots they just kind of traversed through cincinnati but um just delivering stuff but not it wasn't too terrible so, okay. So that sounds like a fun night. And yep. I think our listeners always love listening to <laughs> weird ghost investigations that people do, so. And we can we put yeah. links
0: so people can see photos and see the, that cool video you posted and some stuff like that um, to kind of get a sneak into what you are doing, because uh, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And you have more planned too. Are you doing regular investigations now?
2: We're, we're working, we have a couple that are about to, to flip. Um, we are, uh, definitely confirmed for the world's largest ghost hunt again this year. So we'll be, uh, we'll be involved in that. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's one of, if we've committed to one of our new places or if we might be back at the Benny Hoffman. So anyway, around okay. that, we will be, uh, we'll be involved there and then going to try and get another, uh new venue for a public uh public investigation out here in the next couple of months um but you know we have delta variant and ashley's pregnant so we got <laughs> we have a lot to deal with yeah yeah that
1: that's that's a difficult tightrope to be walking
2: right yeah <laughs> so we'll see what happens
1: yeah yeah
2: well on
1: to spring grove where i am very interested in knowing Amanda, how you got involved with becoming a docent at Spring Grove.
2: Right. I am definitely one of the youngest. I was the youngest, except for I brought a friend in that kind of followed the same path as I did. So I was, I'm still involved with, but I was competitively involved with roller derby. So played Mm -hmm. for the Cincinnati Roller Girls for quite a while. And when my back and my knees and my ankles said, no, 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 you're too old for this. You like to walk. I decided to retire and just train people. And I announce. so I was looking for something to do. And I had, you know, I'd been on a ton of tours at Spring Grove because they're very good at doing public tours. They have walking tours, tram tours, and my oldest son thoroughly enjoyed trams like that. Trams, trains, any sort of transportation was his thing. So looking into Spring Grove, I'm like, So for five bucks a person, I can take the kid on a tram and he's thrilled and I get to learn history. Hell yeah. Like I, that's, that's everything that I need for a weekend. I'm done. So after going on basically every tour that they had and every chance that we had, um, there was like one of those moments where I was, uh, there was a couple in front of me on the tram and had a question and I went, Oh, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but here's the answer to all of that. And oh my gosh, the cemetery is the best place in the world to go to learn local history and it's amazing. And So the, the culmination of that experience and retiring from roller derby, it's like, oh crap, I can go volunteer there. And went through about a year of uh, being a docent in training. So uh, you yeah, basically learned how to drive the tram, and you know, drive, drive the tram for other people, or you know, hold up the back end on uh, on walking tours, but went through the process became certified with Spring Grove. And that's, I I absolutely love it. I think out of a lot of the things that I volunteer to do, because I'm a, a serial volunteer, that's, uh, that's definitely one of my favorites. Best place in the world.
1: (laughs) How often are you there then?
2: Um, During a typical summer, um, probably about for doing tours and such about once a month, um, I try and get there at least every weekend when, mm-hmm. when stuff's not completely crazy, just to walk around and either practice a tour, learn a new one. Um, there's a couple that I have kind of in the back of my mind in development um, or just to straight up get lost because there's, uh, here, hold on. I have my notes. It is not committed to memory. Um, 42 miles of paved roadways.
3: 42
2: miles so it is super easy to get lost there and one of the 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 best things in the world to do because there's it seems like there's always something new to discover when you're when you're just wandering around
1: oh yeah yeah and it's a cool place it's for those i have some facts information sheet in front of me it's 733 acres
2: 733 acres but and I'm just trying to get through to my uh because you're probably looking at like the the facts and trivia which yeah I I have that because typically on the history and heritage tour there's a chunk of time where there's not anything that you're looking at and everybody's just walking it's like okay well it's fun fact time folks
1: yeah um, you have to fill in that that dead air time
2: <laughs> right right it's like otherwise I'm just gonna lose people they're gonna wander um yeah but yeah there's uh 733 acres but Only 435 of them Are developed mm-hmm. So yeah I don't know if your, your notes go into it But basically Spring Grove Is about another And this is such a wide gap because of current Burial trends but About 350 to 500 years From being full So wow. yeah There will be generations upon generations That can still be interred At Spring Grove There's a chance for me
3: i I don't want to be buried but i i might change my mind on that i would
2: love to spend eternity at uh, spring grove Mm -hmm. they they've actually the i mean the the burial trends you know in the in the death industry are starting to move more towards cremation
3: that Mm -hmm. seems
2: to be more so what you know our our generations are are leaning towards and spring grove has opened up a couple of uh it's basically walking paths with um, with a, a rock that will have the placard of whoever's name is interred there, and they will inter the cremains under the rock. So okay,
0: that take was kind of by, less space. That was kind of what it was like by the Johnny Appleseed area, right? That was yeah,
2: a- yeah, a little bit up there. Um, yeah, if you're going up and you pass like the the Navy ship and mm. going up towards the SpongeBob's. <laughs> these are exact directions folks um yeah there's uh there's a couple of paths up there you'll see a little uh oh what is it just a a little uh like covered area where they can have uh the the ceremonies and stuff there before interring them up in the the paths in the woods okay yeah
3: uh are they I have two questions. One, do they yes. still let the Boy Scouts do their little
2: camping trips
3: there? Um,
2: camping trips, I'm not sure of, but I know that they definitely are out every Memorial Day and put okay. flags at each one of the graves of the, in the Civil War section.
3: Okay. I remember my brother, when he was younger, went on some sort of camping thing with Boy Scouts, but it was like way in the back of Spring Grove. Right, where right. it was wooded, and he snuck. He and his friends snuck away, and I think walked around the cemetery.
2: Of course, not. Oh, like, awesome! Yeah, my, my husband grew up across the street from there, and like you know, most of his childhood was playing in Spring Grove. So, oh,
3: that's amazing. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it we was a good place to play
2: there as a teenager. So,
3: okay, Do you, I'm <laughs> sure you've heard of the tree pods that people yes. can be buried in and grown into a tree does uh-huh. spring Grove have have any do first of all do they have room for something like that or is i don't even know if that's legal here yet
2: right that that's do the things. thing it's not going to be legal here yet there's still a lot of you know the whatever the remains are whether it's a body or kermaine still have to be in a concrete vault and which, yeah, I, I think the, the tree ones are, are great, That it's just, it's absolutely asinine that that much, that much waste has to go into preserving something that's just going to decay. But <laughs> is neither it, here nor there. Yeah, is it's, concrete, it's more a matter of where it is. Okay, is the concrete
3: vault to protect like, I don't know, like if you were a cancer patient and had radiation and cancer um, drugs and everything, or is it to protect you from like being grave I thought it was whatever. a the water system.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, there's probably going to be some water system there. Also, um, probably a side benefit of it. Um, when y'all were walking around Spring Grove or the next time that you're there, um, there's a couple of really good examples at the, the Pogue Monument. Um, for anybody that possibly from this area remembers the 70s, <laughs> Pogue's was a department store.
0: I remember Pogue. Um, I, I just saw that grave. I was thinking, oh, I remember yep. Pogue's.
2: Yep, yeah. So post. Oh, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, in front of the uh the pogue monument, you'll see a couple of burials that have like this foliage on top of them that's just a couple of inches tall. And those are grave blankets. So what those were used for is you know, you would bury a family member in a wooden box and as decay happens and weight happens on the wood it would collapse in so the next time you would go to visit your loved one you would see this depression in the ground and that was not what they wanted for you know this positive reflection and and nice place to go so they put grave blankets this you know foliage that would just grow a couple of inches high so the 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 concrete vaults also protect from that. They're going to keep from that that real, you know, obvious sinkage in the ground.
0: I always oh, wow. wondered what those were for. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was to keep the zombies. In. <laughs> well, that too.
2: <laughs> Just make it difficult to get out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I, that's, I'm glad you brought those up because I've always I've seen those so many times and had no idea what they were.
2: Yep, great blankets. <laughs>
3: So on this, this is a little side tangent, but when my grandfather died a couple years ago, <clears throat> my sister and I went to the funeral ahead of time, or to the cemetery ahead of time, and they were in the process of digging the grave. And I got to see my grandma's vault, or my, my great-grandmother's vault. And I, oh. I think the, the guy, the worker there, he thought it was a little strange that we were there, but I thought it was so cool that I got to say hi to my great-grandma. right you know because i didn't get to go to her funeral so i just i thought it was a cool insight to see how the process was how it went Hmm.
2: yeah and and that's the thing i think we're so we're so death averse and averse to talking at it just talking about it as a society that yeah you don't realize everything that goes into a modern burial so
1: yeah it gets rather complicated (laughs) And
2: inexpensive, an really. Yeah, expensive. <laughs> there's a
1: high, there's a lot of high pressure sales from the mortician aspect. And, yep. uh, cause they, they, they have overhead too. And surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, funeral homes can't hold that many bodies. So at a time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so how, how, how many can Spring Grove ha- hold? Do you know? Or is that something um, that's not public knowledge or?
2: Well, I, I, like, like I said, there's going to be, uh, differing numbers just based on burial trends but there's 220,000 total burials there now and they inter about 1400 to 1500 people per year so 14 to 1500 times 350 to 500 years I have an art degree and can't do math go for it
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of people <laughs> yeah right, that's still a lot right
2: and I, one thing that I don't know, and I'll have to remember to ask this on the next, uh, on our next docent meeting, but there's, if you're driving up uh, Gray Road, before it becomes, I can't remember what it becomes, um, but on Gray Road, there's, you know, you're going by Spring Grove, but over on uh, the other side, there's the Willows. And mm-hmm. that was, that's Spring Grove property, but it was originally meant to be a pet cemetery, so Uh, yeah yeah that was one of my
1: questions because i know you can't there are a few people buried with their pets Mm -hmm. but this was all a while ago and it's probably not possible now no (laughs) no but uh yeah that i i thought there was a pet cemetery or one planned so one planned
2: you can still see the the sign even though it's disintegrating but i don't know if there's any plans for it so maybe uh maybe that's what i'll corner the ceo this year at the christmas party and (laughs) nudge for some info i'll let y'all know Yeah, that'd be good
1: (laughs) which reminds me with the the names actually so i did in my little info sheet get all the names that were rejected for spring grove cemetery have you heard them no oh I have not. this I'm is fun interested. yeah so uh spring grove of course was put together what was it chartered in 1845 yes. by the horticultural S- society of cincinnati was that yep. it? yep
2: those wonderful country gentlemen that were living in clifton or yes they had their summer homes in clifton
1: yes <laughs> Well, they had a number of names they went through. They actually had two different cycles of names they went through to find the perfect one, which ended up being Spring Grove. But I am going to read to you the rejected ones. Yes, please. So <laughs> the first one was Cincinnati Rural Cemetery. That Ew. sounds efficient and quick to the point and not at all, not all romantic. Yeah,
2: but that's not.
1: <laughs> so the next one was Maketwa. And then Pila, those two, which I'm going to think maybe they're Native American names that they were trying to loan wow. out into the cemetery. Uh, that's just my hunch. Rose Hill, Shadeland, Oakland, Mount Hope, Rosedale, Fairlawn, Miami, Walnutdale, Cincinnati Cemetery, <laughs> the Elms, Rosemont, Greenvale, Mount repose Hopeland. somebody really liked the hope and land put together uh glenwood willow glen oakland valley elmwood hazelwood and my favorite and i'm sad they didn't use it silent hill
2: oh, that oh. Would have been <laughs> well that that would have been interesting. I've, I've been to silent hill before and the graffiti highway before they covered it up yeah. I mean bastards. Anyhow, <laughs> that <laughs> it was so pretty. It was Anyhow, really cool,
1: but yeah, it's, right Yeah, yeah Silent Hill never... swinging a miss like 170 years too early.
2: <laughs> well, I also like that, you know, Spring Grove is the second largest next to uh Rose Hill in California. So, name's taken. Wasn't taken then, but <laughs> Yeah, now a name
1: like is it. taken
2: but yeah i think the, we went through like half of the the you know graveyard cemetery names that are out there
1: <laughs> yeah it, or or uh retirement centers they kind of share right. the same name pool <laughs> that's, right. well, you that's
2: know, so true he, that's so you don't true. want to make it complicated yeah
1: uh, like fairlawn retirement C- center and suites or something like that that mm. sounds perfectly right, right. plausible
2: well, well and re- Oh, uh, I was, I was spring grove say. makes sense there are mm-hmm. springs there that's what all
1: their springs <laughs> and there's a grove mm-hmm. and that that works you have your own water supply right. from all it those springs a,
2: it was a cow farm so you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love how they always
0: give names to places like that that are very like kind of oxymoronic it's like they're all the opposite of what like i think my father's retirement home i mean that he was in was called vibrant life or something like that which of course it's not vibrant at all it's oh, like the exact no. opposite of what <laughs> it was like you know but i think i think that you know it's what they wish it would be you know it's sort of a wishful a
1: yeah there's there's a lot of aspirational motivation <laughs> yes, yes. going into these I mean, names
0: if you actually used a realistic description no one would want to go there no uh, no <laughs>
3: this is where you come to die yeah
0: if you called it listless life it probably would not you know get the same
3: reaction
1: dysentery junction (laughs) where life keeps running on down your pants (laughs) sorry that's a
0: good one the cholera joke
2: (laughs) was that too soon (laughs) and speaking of how spring road (laughs) started yeah (laughs) Talk about well, the cholera.
1: That... All right. cholera the thing that cincinnati is very familiar with amanda how did spring Grove cemetery come to be
2: what you like to know all right yes you please going to, you're going to get the first part of my tour and i do my tour how i like to do my tour so this is Yay. what i'm interested in so what when i was doing research because they as, as a docent they want you to form it to you know, what you're interested in. I'm interested in Cincinnati history, all aspects of it. Um, we have one docent who's an architect, so she focuses very heavily on that. Um, so as I was doing research, you know, Cincinnati's oldest burial ground was at 4th and 5th and Walnut, Maine, downtown. So that's according to the original like 1788 city plans. So like, if we think about where that is now, that is right in the middle of everything. In the the 1700s, this was a peripheral part of the city. This was way out.
1: So the next time you're at Oktoberfest, using the Portaloo, just imagine that's where we kept the dead bodies.
2: Right, exactly. So <laughs> there were so many bodies, you know, starting to to accumulate there. by that by the 1830s, the the bodies and the gravestones that included like Cincinnati's first settlers were starting to, to really build up. So they transferred them to the municipal graveyard up to what was then much less crowded. It was the Episcopal and Presbyterian Burial Ground. So also known as the 12th Street Burial Ground. Which Ladies, we know now? this
1: one. Washington Park.
2: Great. Right. That's why we're still finding bodies today underneath that and Music Hall. So... <laughs> not to mention besides music hall there was the the pauper's burial ground there was the which for back then how convenient was it for grave robbers to just go to where washington park is get a fresh body and take it across the street to the uh to the medical hospital and just sell it right there (laughs) yep so um yeah back to cholera 1830s 1840s had a resurgence of cholera and people then thought that it was airborne. So they were wanting the bodies buried as quickly as possible. So the with the epidemic uh, of, of cholera and the cemeteries just being crowded and unkept, um, a lot of the the church cemeteries in the basin area that were still there were really just disheveled and filling up. So the leaders, Um, You know, professional and an industry here in the city, you know, expressed like a lot of concern about that. We have to do something. So going to your uh, Cincinnati Horticultural Society, they kind of, you know, took it up and decided to form a cemetery association, association in 1844. Um, And just to give an idea, I, because I, even though I'm bad at math, I do like numbers. Um, So Cincinnati was rapidly expanding during this time. So there were 46,000 people in 1840 to 115,000 in 1850. So roughly 70,000 people in population in 10 years. So between two yeah between 2000 and 2010 we had roughly half that in population increase in cincinnati so small stinky (laughs) and people dying of cholera and
1: canals everywhere
2: right right which you know guess what it wasn't airborne (laughs) so
1: surprise
2: (laughs) So yeah, they were, they ended up, they were looking for a picturesque park-like rural cemetery. So close to the city and not close enough to be disturbed anytime soon. Um, And they wanted something that was, I mean, this was the Victorian era. So they were looking for something that was more in line with the sensibilities of that time. They wanted that romantic park-like, you know, someplace to, to, to think and, you know, console and all that fun stuff. So. Uh, originally there was 220 acres that were acquired from uh, to form the cemetery of Spring Grove dedicated on August 28th of 1845 Um, and then the first internment there was September 1st of 1845 I say first internment they're not there anymore so that's (laughs) that comes up did they get yeeted out of the cemetery (laughs) what happened to them so what I have found out, um, cause yeah, that was kind of like, where did they go? Um, back then, if you had the means to, if you moved from one city to the other, you would take your family with you. So there were two sisters that were interred and then they were taken to, I believe memory serves, they were taken to Wisconsin and interred there where the family moved to. So, yep go get grandma we're 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 heading off i guess that's what goes on top
1: of the moving van (laughs)
2: just wrap it on up there let's go you okay there jen yeah that's really
0: fascinating how attitudes have changed that you wouldn't want your family to leave
2: right right but it's completely different now Completely different, it, unless you have like grandma and urn on the on the mantle. But that's <laughs> otherwise you leave them be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Now the was it Adolf Strach? Is that how you pronounce his name?
2: I will keep you from my correction corner. It is Adolf no. That's Strach. fine. Correct yeah. corner me now. strotch
1: Strach okay
2: Strzok. Yes. so
1: he was the landscape artist or architect that
2: put this all together and he's buried there yes he is that that's always a fun one to point out to folks so there were the the reason that Spring Grove is internationally known I would say besides just the size of it is because of Adolf Strock. I you know I, I love learning about him I have books on him he's an incredibly interesting guy but there were two landscape architects before that. Um, The first one was uh, brought in from Philadelphia and he set it up in like a grid pattern. So uh -uh, not what they wanted. The directors were like, get the hell out.
1: It sounds (laughs) Um, like Philadelphia.
2: Right, right. Yep, said, we're going to do grids. Uh, The second one uh, was developed more of like the, the picturesque sort of Victorian era design but he allowed foliage to kind of take over everything. So this was Victorian era. So foliage, the the more, the better. So there were benches, there were fences, which fences I can kind of understand because it was still kind of a cow farm. So you don't want to come and visit grandma and see a cow standing on her grave. So, (laughs) you know, you can kind of understand some of the the ornamental bits, but that it became very, uh, one of the, the best quotes that I heard was when Adolf Strock showed up. It looked like a uh Victorian marble yard sale. <laughs> Just shit everywhere. <laughs> yep. What's Bessie doing to grandma's grave? Don't worry about it.
1: Oh goodness.
3: Thank Walk you, away. Cincinnati. Thank you. <laughs>
1: stay classy cincinnati so he Uh, he cleaned up a lot of the foliage and ornaments I he put in like what was it restrictions for height
2: um not necessarily for height because then the molehouser obelisk probably wouldn't be there but um, oh okay yeah that's true yeah yeah so what what he did what his basically instructions were that As you're going through the cemetery, you can kind of tell somewhere around the 80s that they just went off plan and it's kind of a a free for all. And there's weird bushes everywhere. And it's just, it's not, it's not what Spring Grove is when you kind of think of that initial walk through the the railroad bridge, you know, like question 1880s or 1980s, 1980s. Okay, there we go. Completely blaming it on the 1980s. Okay. Nobody cared. They wanted to do what the hell they wanted to do. Um, but anyway, the, when you initially walk through, and especially in the old historic section, what Adolf Strach, uh, put in place with his landscape design was to have one central monument for a family or on a family plot. And then around it, there could be footstones like against the ground footstones, and yeah, that's uh, Adolf strock went completely with his his own design because he did die of pneumonia in the cemetery. And if you're walking through, especially at the White Line, you can see an island, and that's Strock Island. And he has a very small, rounded, granite footstone that just Stroh, and that's it. So he didn't wow. even go for any sort of a monument; just the one little one little guy on the island.
1: Oh. <laughs> That's that's sweet, though. Very minimalist, very (laughs) right.
2: right. before his time. He he was a little, like, I I love the little bit of an ego that he has, because one of my favorite, like, quotes, he, uh, what do you say? Uh, Spring Grove could uh, serve as the most interesting of all places for contemplative recreation, if only he were permitted to make everything tasteful, classical, and poetical. If only he were permitted. Thanks (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> Granted he did a lot of other stuff in Cincinnati that we still use to this day but yeah that was <laughs> it could be this if only you'd let me loose on it. So yeah.
1: All <laughs>
0: designers feel that way.
1: Yeah really. Yeah
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's just singing the song of all designers.
0: But I know what you mean about the 80s because there is that section Jen and I drove uh, where we're over there Sunday and there's that section with all the more modern stones and they're just stuck everywhere yeah like it looks like they just you know didn't think about making it look it, it just doesn't look as nice there
2: yeah right and like boxwoods planted in between the and yeah it's just i for for being for also being a nationally recognized arboretum that kind of surprises me that that sort of like even though it's not overgrown I think boxwoods just look overgrown yeah they're <laughs> really trying to take care of them so yeah it, it, i think that, that section kind of sticks out as a, a sore thumb but
1: yeah so moving about sections can you tell us a little bit about is it dexter mausoleum which is in <laughs> section 20 which caught my eye as soon as i drove in i'm like what are you beautiful thing doing there
2: it, it catches everybody's eye um But I will say that, unfortunately, even though it's like a completely amazing mausoleum, um, there's a really good story behind it. One of the more interesting people in Spring Grove, and I'm trying to get to him now, so I don't mispronounce his name.
1: We don't need to do a corrections corner for you. No, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Okay. And you know what, they may still correct me on it, but tour y'all that's how it's it's gonna go um right across from the dexter is charles Petit mcgail and going you know doing the tour i'm like okay everybody is i know you want to know about the dexter because it's really freaking cool and i can guarantee you that every goth in cincinnati got their senior pictures taken there but we're gonna look over here for a minute (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's but he super cool. Uh, he has his uh, his bust on it. But he the one of the the more interesting things about him besides the fact that Lincoln asked him specifically to go and talk to Great Britain after the Trent affair, which was basically him going, "We're cool, just help us. It's okay." Um, <laughs> during the Civil War, um, he died in florence italy and then on his journey home he was honored for four days at westminster abbey so he is the only american to ever lay in state at westminster abbey wow oh wow i think he's incredibly cool but yes the the dexter is the, the the gothic revival family mausoleum um it has the the flying buttresses which most people uh, say that it's modeled after St. Chapelle, but it's not. It's modeled after uh, Chichester Cathedral in England. So it's one of those, if you look at pictures, absolutely, like it's, it's dead on for Chichester. Um, the, probably the coolest thing about it structure wise, um, besides, well, number one, it was never finished. Like the way that it's oh. sitting there, it's not finished. Um, but it was designed for the kind of arch that you see at the bottom you go in and that's where um that's where the catacombs are so that's where the the bodies are interred but there was meant to be a um an elevator so the stairs on the sides people would go up go into the cathedral at the top um be seated there and the body would come up through the elevator you know they would have the service come down and be interred so super cool um if you're looking at or if you look at pictures of it um the windows actually got blown out at one point uh there was a spire on top of it that got hit by lightning so that spire from what i've heard is in the lake <laughs> right Whoa. behind it
0: wow. yeah, are there any pictures of the spire like in the old photos of cincinnati or anything
1: did you I... find the delorean <laughs> <laughs>
2: It um, was the clock tower. Y'all. <laughs> it was a mausoleum. That would be a fun creepy story. I like that. That one. would be. Um, but no, and one of the uh, so before I go into like Dexter, the the family they were um, they were rectifiers, not distillers of Kentucky bourbon. Mm-hmm. So they had a, a store down on Sycamore, sold the uh, the kegs and the jugs to restaurants and grocery stores and all that stuff. Um, And they actually lived where, um, going back to downtown, uh, Western Southern Life Insurance Company, Oh, that's uh where the Dexters' home was. So they had people visiting there, like, uh, oh, what was it? You're probably going to have to cut this off. Oh, there we go. Um, Charles Dickens and the Prince of Wales visited them there. So the Dexters were really, really something until Prohibition. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> prohibition wasn't everyone everything.
1: something into prohibition
2: right right um so one thing on the the tour that i can usually get to before the dexter because people have a lot of questions about the structure of it um all of the all of the plots at spring grove are privately owned if something happens to a monument it is the responsibility of the family to fix it Um, Spring Grove does not have the permissions to be able to go onto it and fix anything. Uh, But there are a couple of exceptions. So if you're driving around kind of the main historical loop, there's the Hunnefeld Mausoleum. And actually, Michael Griffith talked about Hunnefeld in his book. Um, It's like one of the the very first stories in there. But Hunnefeld purchased perpetual care. So like in 1918, paid $2,000 for... Uh, every couple of years they have it pressure washed, they have it caulked. So, so if you go by that mausoleum, it is in amazing condition. Um, but then you get over to the Dexter and that's one of the few uh, mausoleums besides the uh, Robinson mausoleum that the cemetery has actually come in and done you know, repair work and done structural work on because if they didn't, the Dexter, the entirety of it would be in the lake by now. So it was starting to kind of slide down the hill. <laughs> a little
3: bit <laughs> oh yeah yeah so, so are you allowed to go inside it at all or is that strictly a no-no
2: big no-no um there are some docents who have been able to go in there they have taken a uh a drone in there but like when you're looking at the stairs going up and there's the gates those gates were added by the cemetery because it's just not safe to walk on it at all so no, it's that structurally unsound at this point Structurally unsound, and also um, underneath the buttresses, the concrete through there is just always covered in moss, and it's just it, it's a hazard from from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, so it could conceivably fall down at some point. I, I think there's probably a lot of them that could that could potentially fall down. Um, one that I'm surprised about is the Burnett Mausoleum. Oh so if yeah, you're going, yeah, the, it's it's all marble. It's absolutely gorgeous. The fact that it's marble and it's still in a recognizable condition is amazing, but the doors on it, those doors will never open unless they blast them open and break them. Uh, because the, the marble structure itself has settled so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as if you're going by a mausoleum, most mausoleums will have three steps They'll you know, representing the Holy Trinity, that pretty standard. The Burnett, if you go by it, you can see one step, but mm-hmm. there are three and the rest are underground.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So just, just the fact that you can still see like the pooties up on the, the arch and still see a lot of the definition and the flowers that are, that are on it is amazing for a marble anything. Cause if you go around the cemetery and you see a lot of the, um, the old children's graves, they would usually do like a little marble lamb. And Mm -hmm. most of those are just completely disintegrated. Now you just see this kind of marble lump that Mm -hmm. might be a Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite one is the, the toddler where the face is. I love love her.
2: Yeah. I have, I go
3: visit her. Yeah. I've
2: not dug into her history wise, but yeah, that was definitely, um, between her and the Hoffner statue are the Mm -hmm. two that like the, my very first trip to Spring Grove I was like, this is the most awesome thing ever, even though it's like, yeah. it's cool because it's disintegrating. But yeah, it's, yeah. I, I love that
1: one. I don't know which monument you're talking about, but I okay. have a picture I
0: will we, show we you. We took video. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Video, it'll be on the, it'll be on the episode. Yeah. And
3: I think I just stumbled across it one day and I yeah. could never remember where it was. And then finally, I know where it is now. <laughs> I can go and right. go so and see
2: it. Yeah, Hence for for anybody listening, if you're gonna get lost, Spring Grove Cemetery, I felt incredibly dumb when I learned this because it seems very obvious now. But there are, you know, there there's all the the 42 miles of roadways. But if, when you go into the cemetery, you'll see dotted lines on the roads. So there's a white line, a yellow line, and a green line. Uh, the green line is where you're gonna find Hunnefeld. The the yellow line is where you're gonna find uh, the mermaid and the the little girl with no face. Um, the white line goes through the center of the cemetery so huh. no matter where you go in the cemetery find a colored line the yellow line the green line will always go to the white line the white line will go to the north entrance and down to the the main entrance oh that's so, incredibly helpful right you yeah. can never get lost
0: <laughs> that's a, you know and one thing I, that struck me just when we were there on sunday that i you know usually i'm not paying attention to as much is just how many names when you're in there are on streets in Cincinnati, like, you know, there's yep. Remelin and there was Grossbeck and there was, you know, I guess there's Moorline and there's like everything you can think of is in there. That's right. Cincinnati. It's
2: just, it's, it's absolutely a sampling of Cincinnati history and yeah, you know, with Moorline and, and all of them like doing the beer barons tour, like, Oh, I, I, I wish we could have that again this year. It's so much fun to, to talk about the brewing history in Cincinnati and drink the beers along with it so <laughs> giving a tour to drunk folks is amazing
1: <laughs> oh I bet oh yeah it's so fun. so the girl with no face is it a um, it looks like it's marble with a toddler wearing a dress and she's inside a
3: little alcove
1: that is yep. Carrie T Hurley who died yes. at age 5 Aww. Aww. I think mm-hmm. it
3: typhoid was it typhoid that killed her she was sick Uh, i think
1: oh my goodness the family has written an extremely long obituary on find a grave for her so i won't be able to to just
3: okay yeah yeah
1: beloved daughter of somebody and elizabeth hurley died in august 7th 1876 at five years and four months old yeah
0: yeah. one uh, one thing i'm looking at the factoid here about the johnny appleseed why did they build a johnny appleseed statue here if he's not buried here
2: i really have not yesterday. a clue in the world
0: and it's so good <laughs> and, and it's, is, is this part of the 80s thing because it's a very different style from everything in them
1: all i can practice. say is fort wayne indiana has some words with you <laughs>
2: oh yes
0: that's, it, that is mentioned yes
2: So for, for my, you know, my, my knowledge base and what I tend to focus on, um, for doing tours, they don't want us to do tours of anybody that has died within the past hundred years, because there's still potential for family to be around. So up in the section of the cemetery where Johnny Appleseed, where the statue is, there's nobody that I can talk about there, no matter how famous they are. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's one of those things where I can tell you, you know, a, a good chunk of information on the soldier of the line that's facing the the Civil War section, but Johnny Appleseed, eh, no. Give me give me another 20 years or so I might be able to get up there. Well, it,
0: it's just uh. it's just interesting because the archa- the the style of the sculpture is very different from everything else. Like you said, oh, it's, it's that so eighties sort of like uh i mean it's, if, it's nice it's just not victorian or you know
1: um i think that sculpture was built in 1978 okay, or 68 so right
0: before well so but it was kind of postmodernism sort of look mm-hmm. it's not and and right. you know um i suppose you could you could almost uh uh where people talk about the Cincinnati library which goes viral every time pictures of it are released that was torn down I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of in that thing, like in that era, they were like tearing down a lot of old stuff and building a lot of new stuff that now stands out as being especially hideous.
3: Um,
2: right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> every time they post about that library, I just want to go into a rage. Like it was built for an opera house. Shut up. I it wasn't meant to house books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think that's probably most of the libraries. It's today there's all these spectacular buildings that are owned by the library that were other my favorite is the building that's on and this is a huge digression but there's a building um it's on what's it's on the west side and it used to be a telephone switch station and it's got all this it's it's got all of this um carvings of like early phones and people talking to them mixed with cherubs (laughs) and stuff and i just love that they had buildings like this where people designed facades like that but it was for the telephone company.
2: Right, that had all mm-hmm. of the symbology. Yeah, and, it's like on yeah.
0: Harrison Avenue, like uh kind of going uh, a little bit south down Harrison, and it's it, it's owned by the library now, and the building is spectacular. And you know, mm-hmm. there's all these buildings owned by the library like that, and it's just it's they're astonishing, and you hope that they survive. I mean, it, it's just great. Right,
2: I recommend so just
0: to
3: look at it. Another tangent, just based off that, if you ever walk down Fourth Street downtown look up because Uh there are so many faces on the buildings that are just cool like one day after work I went down and spent a good couple hours just walking and taking pictures and I did not realize how many faces were on the buildings oh (laughs) really cool yeah 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 but but it, it kind of looks like they kind of went through a phase
0: where they were like, like that part we were talking about with the newer graves, where there's like, there's very contemporary looking ones where it's just sort of like, we don't care what's here. Let's just put new stuff. Right.
1: <laughs> but I mean, well, that, that actually that, brings me to a, another topic of conversation, which was the controversial headstones of Spring Grove. And there's a few. It's not just SpongeBob, which everyone knows about, because that happened within the past decade. So some of them age really cool and are still around to this day. So Amanda.
2: (laughs) I'm curious what other ones you've. Okay. So
1: doing a little bit of digging. I
2: can can talk about SpongeBob, but. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) SpongeBob's the last one.
1: Oh, it's a, it's actually rather tragic. So um, I have a little bit about that, but so we're going to. Rewind all the way back to 1850, where we have our first controversy of a headstone, when David B. Lawler, one of the founders of the cemetery, attempted to put a sphinx on his family's plot. Some directors had baskets of kittens and objected to the heathen symbol being put on this family plot. It eventually was allowed.
2: Yep, yep, the sphinx is definitely there. Um, I can see how that would have been controversial, but then again, during that, you know, later in the Victorian era, I mean, the Egyptian, the Egyptian look was super popular. I mean, go to the Grosbeck there, 1922
1: mausoleum. and King's oh, wow. Tutankhamen. <laughs>
2: right. But um, the, the Grosbeck mausoleum, if you kind of take a step back and look at it, there's the allegorical figure at the top, but it does sort of resemble the Sphinx with its, uh, like the, the paws kind of coming down. Grosbeck is just a, it's a big mix of, art deco and egyptian and there's urns everywhere it's it's super cool but can get kind of uh yeah
0: (laughs) well at that time period and we've talked about that before you know there was kind of this mix when you talk about the spiritualism there was it was you know mixed with all this sort of is it faux like exotic imagery is that the right way to describe it Like, they wanted it to look exciting, like adding colors and
2: Egyptian kind of appropriation. Exoticism.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, appropriation, I guess, is kind of, that was early.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there there is one, and I, again, this was on getting lost through the cemetery, but kind of a, a shock to the system, but then realizing when the cemetery went in. But there is a sarcophagus that has a lot of symbology on it, and one of them is a swastika so kind of taken aback like oh but wait a minute they were buried in you know 18 something so it's it's okay they they just (laughs) they knew a little bit about symbology and that's all
1: well yeah and you'll still see the flipped what is the swatsuka in buddhist temples i mean if you go to japan or south korea or other places where there are buddhist temples i mean there's parts of america too and that's on a map that is the little symbol that is on a map meaning buddhist temple so yeah it's um yeah so okay moving on to our second one (laughs) 10 years later 1860 this fire engine inventor alexander lata unveiled his headstone to have a fire engine sculpted at the top of it yet again the directors lose their shit and (laughs) immediately say no to that plan even though he invented the freaking fire engines um the spring grove rejected the design as being too commercial
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can completely see that. Although going to, you know, the, what I'm assuming is the eighties when just shit went weird for a while without having the kind of panel of people to, to approve and disapprove. Um, and it's a child's grave, but you can see it kind of on the outskirts, but it's a train. It's this big arched, you know, headstone with a, a marble train or a granite train on the top. And it's cute, but again it doesn't fit the spring grove style so what did he have on
0: his gravestone instead
1: i was just looking it up and i was trying to mute myself so i didn't hear the ticky tacks of my um of my keyboard but uh let's see spring grove cemetery let me see if i can pull up his uh, headstone real quick helps if i spell alexander right (laughs) he has just a plain old very short obelisk mm. he didn't get anything put on top of it poor guy
0: yeah, that would have been kind of cool if it had been like an old steam engine or
1: something. yeah mm-hmm. so he died in 1865 so five years after the controversy happened so 2014 the most recent controversy would be the spongebob squarepants headstones and i think what is the contemporary area of the cemetery The family of Army Sergeant Kimberly Walker erected two headstones, one for uh, Kimberly and one for her twin sister with the likenesses of SpongeBob SquarePants wearing military fatigues because one is in the Army and one is in the Navy. And, uh, Yeah, the day after they went up, the Spring Grove Cemetery removed them, saying that it disrupted the historic cemetery and the look of it. One year later, on Valentine's Day 2014, the headstones were replaced with a settlement between the Walker family and Spring Grove Cemetery. Granite slabs have been put behind SpongeBob's, and SpongeBob's now face outside instead of at the uh, road so yep. that when you're just driving down the road or walking down the road you just see two black granite slabs but if you go around you'll see spongebob
2: yeah and the, yeah, the the granite slabs it's uh, personal thoughts and feelings aside of how this all happened the granite slabs have a uh, have poems that were actually mm-hmm. done by her so um and very haunting poems too like talking yeah. about her death and um, so so that was really nice we uh the the docents uh did a tour of the more recent ones the the headstones that we can't put on the tour just yet or on any tours just yet and obviously spongebob so we went and took a look at those um interesting thing about that is during that whole hubbaloo, hubabaloo, however you want to say that um they there were people that had plots around the sponge bobs and were and asked to move to other parts of the cemetery because they didn't want to be around all of this you know foot traffic and didn't want to be near these monstrosities but what i thought was really cool is if you look let's see if you're looking at the granite poems um if you look directly to the left there's a little bench and it's a husband and wife plot and they actually asked to be moved there because they said our grandkids and our great grandkids will love this. Oh. So that's so cool that somebody saw the opportunity in it versus don't put me near though. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so You're dead. So. You're not going to know. <laughs> right, right. So there are people there that do actually appreciate it. Um, another cool monument right there that, that people can see if they, you know, if they find them, uh, there's a very black, are a very modern black granite uh, monument. And it's one of the, the rare pieces where people have, the, the husband and wife have been cremated. And I think the husband has passed, but the wife has not yet, but they're actually interred in the monument itself. So it's hmm. not completely sealed yet. Like you can't go and mess with it, but it's not completely mm-hmm. sealed. And yeah, when the, when the other spouse passes, they will be there and interred up top versus in the ground so maybe this
3: question is is not for public knowledge but amanda could you ever like take us on a personal tour to show us these things yeah yeah because i would love to know about the stuff that you can't talk about yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) i do have one note on
1: sergeant walker but we can do that after the oh Okay, I'll say it now. <laughs> so on a on a uh, darker note, I did want to give a little bit of context to why this was really bad for the Walker family. So Sergeant Kimberly Walker was found dead in her hotel room on Valentine's Day, 2013, while she was stationed at Fort Car- Port Carson, Colorado. Her boyfriend, Sergeant Mont montrell mayo was later arrested and charged with her murder in 2014 he was found guilty of her premeditated murder by a panel of military officials he is now serving life without parole
2: wow yeah yeah Yeah, definitely not a good situation like for for that whole family like that was just misery from from start to finish it had to be but the what they did, and you know, being able to have a spot where her twin sister can be next to her—I mean, they're you know they, they're super interesting to, to to see, but they definitely don't fit Spring Grove.
1: They're very notable, I will say, for pulp culture illustrations being put onto granite. It's really well done. So, right. and they're notable. They're they're now a fixture of Spring Grove, and yep. I kind of love it. it. It still makes it gives that feeling of continual history being made within the cemetery.
2: Yep. And so I I don't know if you mentioned, but there is also the they were fans of Dale Earnhardt. So there's Dale Earnhardt's number on there on on SpongeBob's arm on each of them.
1: I did not know that. Yeah. That's really sweet.
2: I like that. So what
3: what are the rules then for because I know like the big huge stone ones, they're crazy expensive. And like I seriously doubt you can take up as much room as you could back then.
2: Um, if you have a plot, you can use up your plot. That's, okay. it depends on how much space you have. So no, there's not really gonna be restrictions there. There are gonna be design restrictions, which I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Um, but yeah, if somebody wanted to actually foot the bill for something like the Malhauser obelisk, absolutely they could, but you can really get a good idea. Um, of some of uh, uh, just what things cost now versus back then. Uh, if you see some more modern things in the historical section. So there's um, right when you're coming away from the, the statue of the line, there is a newer family monument right there. And it's good size, but it's definitely not you know massive like some of the other ones are. Um, Another great example is when you're at the Robinson mausoleum, if you look across the street, there's a, you know, built within the past probably 10 years mausoleum and it's gorgeous, but it looks like a dollhouse next to (laughs) the Robinson mausoleum. Like, you know, it's to, to be able to foot that bill. And that's, you know, that that's what a lot of it was about back then. It was the, the, the status of you Mm -hmm. and your family and everything that you, you know all the the weird stuff that people got rich on back then I guess not completely weird but like you know you had a starch empire like why why (laughs) so because
1: I mean Procter and Gamble are buried there so (laughs) soap and candles
2: right right soap and candles so also fun fact with Uh, some of the you know more notable cincinnatians um the linder family does have a plot there but charles linder specifically said he did not want to be buried there because he did not want to be on a tour and where their plot is would have taken everybody directly by them so there's um there is a monument that i think one of their um longtime assistants is is buried there on the lender property um is somebody else that worked for them so but you're not going to find a lender there
0: where did he get huh? buried? Oh, wow. just a different cemetery or yeah they, a different
2: i'm not 100 sure where he is not i'm possibly could do it on find a grave but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just, yeah. He's it.
3: they still own the plot they just yep. that's really interesting huh
2: yeah. That's so cool. I would imagine they probably bought it, you know, a million years ago. Some some real good UDF check came in and they, they bought a plot and didn't realize, oh God, we're gonna we're gonna be on a tour. So, so
1: that actually brings us to interesting uh monuments. There we go. That's the word. Interesting the- monuments around the cemetery would be CC Brewer's family headstone. It's the i'm not pronouncing his name right given the blank stare i am getting from everyone um he is the guy known as glass eyes and is notably the most haunted thing in the entire cemetery so he he's interesting i found some good information thanks to uh i don't want to call him friend of the podcast because he doesn't know us but (laughs) greg hand who's a historian here in cincinnati who does really good work does not know us from adam but i respect him he got some really good information about mr cc
2: yeah please please share
1: all right so i know i got some good photos of him everyone that looks up is spring grove cemetery haunted you get the story of this headstone and it's noted as being glass eyes and it's and it's for charles c brewer i'm probably mispronouncing that name please let me know how to pronounce it in the comments (laughs) uh he was rumored to be an optometrist and if you look up a bunch of different historical articles written by um People who aren't historians, they will keep reiterating this. I even reiterated this back in two thir- thousand thirteen when I wrote about this particular monument.
2: Ask, you know, where's where's the eyes that'll follow you? And like, well, you go up here, and it's around the bend, and whatever. Like, but I mean, it, it's interesting, but meh. As far as as, as far as oddities on gravestones go. Not it's the, not, not the most
1: odd thing i've ever seen on a headstone sorry no. Cece. um <laughs> it's, it's but really so not. greg busted this myth apart and i love him for it <laughs> so in reality Cece was not an optometrist but a salesman a commission agent and a real estate investor who just wanted to put a bust of himself in the middle of a cemetery because Ego was high back then.
2: Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> Other facts that Greg points out he was married three times, disowned his own daughters, tried to blow up one of his own buildings, was declared insane, and died in a mental institution. So, dude had an interesting backstory.
2: <laughs> now, the just eyes are interesting make sense. all
1: around. <laughs> they're, they're not just glass, but they're also crazy eyes.
2: So. Right, right. Yeah. This also might be a good place to put in here. I, you know, I I do all this stuff with spiritual realm. I have a full belief in the paranormal world, all of that stuff. But when people ask me on a tour, is Spring Grove haunted? (laughs) Like, like, no, this is probably the quietest place that I've ever been. Everybody here is resting in peace. Thank you. (laughs) Let's move on. That's a good answer
1: that is a good answer
2: i mean there's definitely a couple of cemeteries that i've been to where i i definitely did not like it i did not want to be there i did not want to talk to whoever was there but spring grove
1: you know not not one of those places
2: not personally ever able to find it so
1: (laughs) very cool well that brings us to other fun myths and legends and also thank you greg hand for subscribing to us last week (laughs) thank you christina for finding that information out um so the other great thing spring grove is rumored to have is george reeves the 1950s star of superman tv of the superman tv show was buried in the cemetery uh he is no he (laughs) is buried (laughs) he is very much certainly buried in california but his autopsy was performed in cincinnati from what i read he was he stayed in stayed this makes it sound like spring grove is a hotel he (laughs) stayed at spring grove for a year then was cremated and sent back to california
2: right so he was he was married to eleanor robinson rose um or her like her stage name was eleanor needles so they were they were married um they divorced after nine years um the reason that he was brought to Spring Grove is they were, the, the family was initially wanting to inter him in the Robinson Monument. So the Robinson family, a uh, big circus family, had a home in Terrace Park, the Tilly, the elephants buried there, all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, so George Reeves was brought to Spring Grove to be interred there and waited out his time <laughs> in the uh, White Pine Chapel which is kind of, you know, a little bit, a little ways up in the cemetery, but that is, you know, when the, when the ground's too cold to be able to dig into people, you know, kind of wait out their time there. So George Reeves was there in the White Pine Chapel, um, come to, you know, the, the conclusion that there was not enough room in the Robinson mausoleum for him to be interred there. So he was then sent out to California. Okay. Okay. I I like how you
1: use the term, wait out their time. Yeah,
2: just (laughs) very polite waiting out the weather
1: (laughs) do i get a highlights magazine in a juice box (laughs) i'd love that
2: if you're quiet if i'm quiet
1: (laughs) oh well i'm hosed anyway so other fun parts of the cemetery that are said to be haunted are sections 53 and 16 which are older parts of the cemetery and they're noted for um well interesting things wow that was a great segue (laughs) ran right into that wall uh section 53 people have reported the feeling of their ankles being grabbed by unseen hands a caretaker reported and this is before 2013 that while doing maintenance in the section he saw a pair of ghostly hands reaching out of the ground for him also, wispy apparitions have been reportedly been seen wandering the area as well as phantom voices.
2: Section 53. I'm pulling up a map right now because I am not. I, I'm definitely one of those people. I'm like, take the white line on like the third street on the <laughs> left. i want to go. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Does it say what, uh, does it happen to say what notable section 53 Hmm. i mean that's still technically yeah in the in a in a historic section but that's that's pretty far up there
1: i'm looking oh no i've i just see shelter house yeah it's like in the heart of the entire cemetery
0: that's where mm-hmm. we were on sunday did you see any ghostly
1: hands going for your ankles
0: (laughs) no no we didn't we didn't really i mean again it's been it was very peaceful there until it started raining
2: yeah caught in the rain yeah yeah you guys did get a lot of rain i just see shelter house
0: there and then it's like
1: in the heart of the entire cemetery
0: that's where Uh we were on sunday did you see any ghostly
1: hands going for your ankles
0: (laughs) no No, nah. we didn't, we didn't really, I mean, it, again, it's been, it was very peaceful there until it started raining.
2: Yeah. I got caught in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. You guys did get a I, lot of rain.
0: I was going to sketch there and then it was started pouring rain. It was like, okay, well, I won't sketch you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you said, Christina, something about it lets you know when it's time to go or something? Yeah. Yeah. I, or, I said, yeah. I said that
0: I think that is a sign not to sketch here today yeah. if it starts pouring rain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've sketched through some pretty intense weather, uh, you know, windy weather. I, we sketched Spring Grove probably at least 15 times. I mean, I've done so many sketches there. But I feel like yeah, I, I, I never go deep into it. I need to find some more places to sink my teeth into because I tend to stay very close to the entrance. But there's a lot of really cool stuff there. You have to kind of yeah. like go out further.
1: So Section 53 has Madu in mm-hmm. the south and martin huggins those are the two notable ones there
2: yeah i'm i'm not having any good luck quickly on find a grave but
1: yeah yeah that that one is and then 16 is to the southwest Mm -hmm. and they they're along the yellow line and (laughs) (laughs) And fifty three right? is along the white line, and that's- sixteen has uh Beady, Briel or Bristol, Dor- Drosty. I'm going to get, yeah, Drost like- Emerson and C- Chunkle, Chunky. I, I mean, oh, that's no. what- We're going to get so Even many I families don't like.
0: <laughs> I, Can't, definitely- don't you know how to speak anything in English? Nope.
3: I'm, I'm mad that you
2: come. Yeah. I will be I, I will be going to those sections this weekend and I will report back if oh, I yeah. find anything.
1: <laughs> well, section sixteen is notable because it's where the uh resting place for William Kirk is. And that place has phantom voices being reported around the entire area. And what makes that interesting is William Kirk was the man who was murdered, and those that court case sparked the um, courthouse riots of 1884 Ooh. so um, the two men that were one was only found guilty of manslaughter the other one was found guilty of murder and sentenced to hang and the manslaughter verdict was just seen as completely un just untrue it was completely planned and the murder was planned and everything so The riot is one of the worst American riots, I believe, in history, and it completely decimated the courthouse, and I think it killed 20 people. And uh, so the man who was murdered, it sparked the entire thing, is buried in Section 16.
2: You know, that's where it'd have to be a little, you know, phantom voices. That's also, depending on where he is, but still, Section 16 is more the outskirts you know, the, mm. the side of the cemetery where you're bumping up against the north side. So there's business, there's houses, there, you know.
1: And there's people meh. constantly going through the cemetery. It's not a quiet cemetery. No. Like
2: no.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, other but places.
2: Hands, I'm down. some
1: Hands. hands. That awesome. one's interesting. That <laughs> sounds like something that could be in a comic book. Funny thing, I happened to edit one of those. Anyhow. <laughs> um, section twenty two around Burnett crypt is also said to be very spooky uh feelings of being watched from the crypt and the crypt gives weird vibes to people who walk by
0: it could be if, like you said about to fall over <laughs> that's the one. right right and Maybe. there's
2: doors like there's little there there's kind of gaps at the top and there's almost little like peep holy sort of things. so mm-hmm. yeah you you look at it and think oh crap i'm i'm being looked at but the, the area around there is it's eh, so pretty there. It, it, it is. It's, it's very pretty. pretty. The, if you go back behind the Burnett mausoleum, the, the Emery Angel is back there. Um, Stearns and Foster are actually buried right behind Burnett. So, you know, the mattress guys who, if you've ever been in a business with somebody, hell, if you want to be buried next to them for eternity, but they chose to. So good job, Stearns and Foster they were uh, they were two relatively good dudes um but yeah that that kind of surprises me that people would think that that area is what i mean you have the the lake right across the street with all like the cedar knees coming up and
1: you know it's, you wanna- it's just that mausoleum that has freaked people out
2: huh. not the
1: entire area just that mausoleum Um, and then going back to our friend at the Dexter mausoleum in section 20, there has been said to be, it's said to be guarded by a pair of ghostly white dogs or wolves who growl at people passing by. Also, in another fun fact, in section 87, white wolves have also been seen and is said to bring bad luck to anybody who lays eyes upon them. Oh, Oh, as they would as they would so that's two very drastically different areas of the cemetery
0: interesting and and and, um we were talking about this this speaking stone book uh Mm -hmm. which we're both reading and it's not looking very good on my and it has a really (laughs) nice chapter about laura pruden which i was just reading not only does it describe her technique for uh slate writing very well uh but one thing i did it talks about her personal life and how she was actually she married judge pruden like her Burnett. name was originally, yeah, uh, and and it was it's scandalous. They said the inquirer was very hard on her because he was so much older than her. She she was uh. thirty nine, and he must have been, I don't know, sixties, the sixties or seventies. And uh, she spent a lot of time dealing with lawsuits from his kids trying to keep her from, you know, I guess getting any of his estate or whatever. Like oh, kind like of like Anna Nicole
3: Smith. Yeah, I was just yeah, thinking was, that.
0: It was, it was really, it was a lot of stuff I didn't know about her. And it had a lot of stuff about um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which they said he was so good orator and so, uh, you know, credulous when it came to, you know, all of this sort of spiritualism stuff that they said that people actually committed suicide after hearing him talk. And there was, the book mentions that, that somebody killed his roommate and himself saying there were no gas bills in the afterlife. And I was like, well, if he was that convincing, do we know there's no gas bills in the afterlife?
3: We don't really know. Maybe there are. Maybe Certainly like, not a reason to murder someone Yeah, no, it was, yourself. It was
0: a, it was a very mm-hmm. yeah, interesting anecdote, the book. It has a lot of really uh, interesting writing like that.
2: So so now I'm kind of curious. I'll need to look back in my notes and also cross-reference with the book, but part of the interesting things with the Burnett mausoleum is that's not originally like judge Jacob Burnett was not part of that building process or part of that planning process at all. He was actually interred at another cemetery and had, or no, no, no. They had a plot. He bought a plot at Spring Grove and his wife wasn't happy with that. So took him out of the plot at Spring Grove, built the mausoleum and interred him there. (laughs) Oh
0: wow. So,
2: wow. So I'm curious if that was the uh the the, the younger of the wives. <laughs> well
0: that that's probably true. Yeah, because uh Judge Pruden his he's got like a pretty big gravestone close, I guess, to Laura's, but I didn't look for it when I was there because I was just looking for Laura Pruden's grave and I didn't realize he had like a giant one, so it must be somewhere in the family plot area. And right. I didn't know I guess the inquirer was pretty um harsh in their depictions of it, you know, because they got kind of married this kind of tells you they kind of got married in secret they didn't have anyone at their wedding and they said that it was because they didn't want publicity and it sounded quite it all sounded very scandalous um, huh. you know uh it, and we've talked a lot about like the victorian uh i'm gonna move my cat here because he's starting <laughs> to get bored and he's starting to like dig and shred paper and stuff say hi to everyone conan hi conan
1: hey there conan <laughs> Cats a, do what they cool. want but, yeah. yeah
0: he's a, full brett mood he's getting, starting to get bored and shred things on my desk um, but anyway um yeah it was it, it, it it's just the book is full of really interesting anecdotes about this stuff so it should be a fun read to read the rest of it
2: yeah yeah, yeah and like shout out to michael griffith so far this is like mm-hmm. it, it's such a good book about spring grove well, it's he, not it's not just spring grove it's focusing more on like you said about the obituaries and, and these like little threads that tie people together and it's just Mm -hmm. it's super interesting to read from that point because i'm educating myself on some of the 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 more basics of the history how did they tie into cincinnati and that's pretty much it you know what did they contribute but this being able to show how all of those connections were is just infinitely fascinating it's it's
0: really it it also this chapter talks about the fox sisters and i didn't realize they were like 12 (laughs) and 14 when they started Mm -hmm doing oh their, yeah they were, they were really young. young and, and yeah. i was I, I, well they didn't have disney plus back then people were born <laughs> they're like let's just like talk to the dead why not you know um
1: it, no it, it'd be TikTok for that particular age group it's TikTok.
0: But but right. one thing that's interesting that they've talked about like mediums like laura pruden and, and the victorian spiritualism movement was a lot of women did it because it was a way to make money um mm-hmm. you know when we talk about i guess life really never does change people getting side hustles and stuff like that and in the spiritualism movement you know talking to the dead was a big supporter of a lot of women mm-hmm. you know that yeah. other means to make money they just like get grab a couple of slates and
1: start yeah on them. the paranormals has always been a, a way i almost said a medium for women to <laughs> um no pun intended yeah, no pun intended no, there. <laughs> to uh, gain control, like authority, political or otherwise, um, through uh, society. And that's a lot. We can go into a really long anthropological discussion about that. But we value the listeners' attention spans too much to do that. So yeah, I just see their eyes glossing over, just like CC's statue. And just like, no, <laughs> it's too much information for right <laughs>
0: now. <laughs> that back together Kat. i like it yeah i I think yeah we probably should wrap it up and um i think we'll skip our hometown hunt this weekend or this this week because it's gone a little
3: long so we'll read it next week Uh, i do have one question is are there any famous or infamous criminals
2: buried in spring Grove? not that i know of i'm sure that (laughs) we will have a, a much deeper knowledge base on that no, I, I know where some of the, you know, some of the famous folks that weren't too famous, like, you know, I, I know where the, the Charlie and Edie Harper are, because I'm a huge fan. Um, one that's kind of fun, especially for some of the older folks is the cool ghoul. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he is buried there. It's a, a small, like, round of uh, of footstones, with a urn in between and the uh the, the tale of it is that every year on halloween there is a pumpkin placed on the kugel's grave Aww. so yep <laughs> I,
3: I don't know who kugel is he was a television host Oh, okay. Yeah, before if my time. We,
0: yeah, before you. Well, time, like, we
1: um, yeah.
3: Elvira is a
1: horror host. Spenguli yeah, is yes, a horror exactly. host. Oh, fun! Cool Ghoul was Cincinnati's horror, go- okay. horror host. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah,
0: horror yeah. movies and stuff on TV. Was, okay. It, it was yeah, cool. and he was a cool Shout out
1: to Sammy <laughs> Terry for everyone from Indy. Sammy <laughs> Terry
0: but um I think we could probably talk about Spring Grove for hours we'll have to have you on again to talk about this more like after we finish the book for example right yeah. let's
2: let's finish the book I will take y'all <laughs> on a uh newer monument tour and we can uh we can wander a little bit together absolutely we will do a uh, part two of Spring Grove yeah that yeah, would well, be thanks,
0: wonderful thanks so much for joining us yes, Oh, thanks, my pleasure. Linda.
2: Y'all are always fun I, to talk to, and <laughs> and now until you know we're shut down again, we can go uh, visit a cemetery together. Yeah, we yeah. is- so yeah. have a
0: couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly.
1: The modern horror story. I know. Yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> On that note, I guess we'll do the outro
1: and... uh. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) on that note, good night, everyone. I'm Kat, there's Jen, there's Christina. Stay safe and stay curious and sanitize everything.